Long Beach Sermons, visit us at citychurchlongbeach.org. For anyone who I haven't had a chance to meet yet, my name is Brenna Rubio, and I'm one of the pastors here at City Church of Long Beach, and it is just really good to be here together. We are a radically welcoming community on the journey towards Jesus, joining him in the renewal of all things. And this is just such a great Sunday, because it is the Sunday where we really kick off as a community into the Christmas season. Now, I know, uh, I'm sure a lot of you, maybe you've experienced this yourself. It's, this is your household or, you know, it's what you've seen on your social media feed. A lot of us have started Christmas early this year, right? Like that there's just been the sense of we cannot wait. We need a little bit of extra joy. We need some stuff coming in. And so I've seen pictures for like a month now of people putting up their Christmas trees and all of their decorations because it's just been like, let's go. We're ready to enter into this season. I will admit for myself and my family, we decided to hold off for our, our usual kind of day of decorating, which was yesterday. But over the last month, basically since the time shift, every morning, it's become kind of a thing for me. My kids are getting ready for school. You know, we're all spread out in the kitchen and living room, everybody finding their spot um, for uh, their, for me work, for them doing their schoolwork. And I light a candle because there's just been this piece of me just needing a little bit of extra focus on what's good, what's right, what's true, what's lovely in the world in this season, where sometimes, if we're being honest, there are things that are a little discouraging. You know, there are things that can feel kind of heavy. And I've needed that, what, that one little thing uh, that could help me focus in on what's good and true and lovely. So as a church, we've decided over this Christmas season, we actually wanna do that together. And so we are reviving an ancient tradition, uh, which we at City Church haven't really focused on a lot over the last years, but this year it feels like the right time to do it. And so we are reviving in City Church, the tradition of Advent candles, Advent just being another word for the season of preparation for Christmas, moving towards Christmas day, waiting expectantly and with hope. Uh, and the reason for the tradition of Advent candles is that there's this idea of this is, this is who Jesus is. He is the light who comes into the world and brings hope, pushes away all the darkness, all the sadness, all the loneliness. And so in lighting a candle, which it could look something like this, Sometimes people have these kind of traditional Advent sets where there are five candles of different colors and every week you light uh, another candle until finally on Christmas you have all five candles lit. Or you could just have a simple candle, any candle from around your house. But the idea is we're going to start off each service inviting everyone to light a candle, any candle, wherever you are, because we are hopeful. We are leaning into this season of hope and expectancy that Jesus is the light of the world. So this morning, our friends, uh, Serena and Vijay, the Bakru family, they are going to lead us uh, as we light our first Advent candle. Thank you, Brenna. Good morning, everyone. So this Christmas season for us, hope looks like a dream. Sounds like birds singing. Smells like warm cookies. Tastes like mangoes. 
feels like kindness and love and soft kittens. As we light our first candle, one. the one candle two. of hope, we, we look to you, God, for rescue and restoration. Don't forget that one over there, Daddy. <laughs> Let your face shine on us that we may be saved. Amen. Thank you so much, Bakru family. And so each week, if you'd like to bring a candle, any candle, and light it with us in recognition of this season of hope, uh, we do have a few of these simple craft sets uh, available still. And so we're going to put the information in the chat if you'd like to create an Advent set. Absolutely no pressure. Like I said, any candle you can use. Uh, and we also actually have a simple Advent guide that you could use, you know, over your mealtimes uh, or at any point in your day, uh, if you'd like to, along with uh, just the idea of lighting candles. Friends, we want to just pray for our children, especially um, so if you could just, uh, whether there's a child next to you and you want to gather them close or you just want to hold our kids in your heart, we're going to start off our service now in prayer for our kids. God, thank you for this season of hope. Thank you for being the light that comes into the world and brings gladness, brings clarity, brings warmth and comfort. Would you gather all of us around you like children, drawn towards the beauty of who you are, your warmth and your love. God, we pray, pray especially for the little ones among us. Would you hold them close? Would they feel delight and joy in this season, even when it looks a little different than usual? We think especially of our families in the Wrigley neighborhood and in Lafayette School. Um, would you just bring all sorts of joy uh, into their, their lives and just whatever they need in this season? Help us be, as a community, a good support there as well. God, thanks for loving us. We love you too. Amen. Wow, what a great way to start the service. That was fantastic. Um, that was just fantastic. Thank you so much, Backroom family. Uh, thanks, Brenna, for your thoughtfulness. And um, Yeah, it's a good day. Uh, so as we enter into Advent, we're, our sermon series is called Sticky Hope. It's this idea that uh, what we need is actually what we have, which is hope that sticks. Uh, it, it doesn't, uh, you, you can't pull it off. It's, it's stuck to you. It's, it's what Jesus is all about. It's this vision for the future that, that helps us move through a very difficult present. And we're going to be looking at some of the passages uh, that foretold that this Messiah was going to come. So we'll be looking at some of the, the most famous passages in the Jewish scriptures that foretold that a Messiah was coming to, to make things right. And it was this, this hope that they had in the Messiah that got them through some really hard times. And so today we're looking at the prophet Micah. And Micah prophesied in a very difficult time uh, for the Jewish people. This is about 700 years before Christ, maybe 725 years before Christ. And um, there, there were two, there was Judah in the south and Israel in the north. And um, 
there are these nations around them that were just very, very threatening. And eventually one of these big nations decided that they wanted to come and eat up one of these little nations. And so the nation of Assyria is on the move militarily and they're just, they're coming after uh, the Northern Kingdom and Israel and the Southern Kingdom and Judah. And it's at this time that Micah, he, he gives us long prophecy, this sort of description of God's heart for the people, uh, God's vision for a preferred future, that things would be well, and yet the sense that so many times we don't, we don't choose into what's best for us and for others. So Micah is, he's, he's casting this vision really inspired by the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to, we're going to start today with the picture of a Messiah, this new kind of leader who's not at all like the, the political and military leaders of his day and age or any day and age and how hopeful that is. And then we're going to kind of unpack that a little bit. So Janelle Rivera, I think you're here. Would you uh, unmute Janelle? Yes, hello. There you are. Hi. Uh, Janelle is also going to share a little bit later on in the service today. So we're grateful for you, Janelle. Uh, and she's going to read from Micah chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. So go ahead. They will strike Israel's ruler on the cheek with a rod. But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, Though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Therefore, Israel will be abandoned until the time when she who is in labor bears a son, and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord is God. And they will live securely, for then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth. And he will be our peace when the Assyrians invade our land and march through our fortresses. People of God, this is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Janelle. Thanks for reading that, uh, that passage. So Micah's unpacking this vision of this new kind of ruler, this Messiah who's going to rescue the people coming from this little tiny clan kind of overlooked clan of the people of Judah. But as he as he's articulating this, I want to I want to kind of give you the bookends of this prophecy of the Messiah. Just before this, so this is in chapter 5 of the book of Micah and then the chapter just before in chapter 4. Micah said he sees like this is what the world could look like when God is on the throne, this is what this new kind of kingdom um, could be. And Bill, you're muted. Yep, sorry, someone just muted me, we're good. Um, but uh, so to, to bookend this, this prophecy of this new, of this Messiah who's going to come and, and be our, our savior, our rescuer, our shepherd. Um, just before in chapter four, 
uh, Micah casts this vision of what the kingdom that this new king is going to bring. And so this is what he says in chapter four, that when this new king comes, they will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Okay, swords were used for war and spears, right, to kill people. And instead, the vision is that weapons will be turned to instruments of flourishing. To, to care for creation instead of destroying it. And the nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Everyone will sit under their own vine and under their own fig tree. It's this picture that everyone will be supplied with food. Everyone will have, and they'll do their own labor, right? But everyone will be provided for. There'll be no more poor in the land. There'll be no more dispute. There'll be this picture of peace. And no one will make them afraid, it says, for the Lord Almighty has spoken. So that's the vision beforehand that Micah has as he's thinking about this Messiah coming in the very next chapter. Now, uh, let me give you a quick heads up. If you're a parent and you have a child who might want to share, you might want to grab them, because uh, in just a moment, there's going to be uh, a little bit of sharing from some of the kids, okay? Uh, just a heads up on that. So these weapons of war are now turning into weapons to be used to flourish, instruments of flourishing. Different people are going to treat each other res with respect. So different nations read different ethnic groups, right? This is exactly the kind of thing that our world needs right now. And sure, Micah is prophesying to his own time and God had a plan for his time. But think about the craziness of our world, all the racial unrest and intensity, the poverty, Think of all the brokenness and all the violence that God wants to turn towards flourishing. And so there's this vision of it can be different and we get to work for that. So the other book, and so on one side is this vision of a future. And on the other is this like, okay, this is what you do in chapter eight uh, or chapter six, sorry, right after the prophecy of the Messiah. So the book ends is a vision for the future. And then what we do to make it happen from Micah 6, 8, we're called to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with our God. That's how we work it out. But I want to take a minute. I want us to think about this idea of having a vision, having a hope for our future and what that does for us, how that motivates us. And so I've invited some local experts to share what hope is, what, what it means to have a vision for the future. And so if you would raise your hand, if you are younger than, say, Oh, I don't know, 12. If you're younger than 12 uh, and you have a vision, like what do you want to do when you grow up? What do you want to be? Then I will, uh, I'll call on some people and we'll, we'll hear from you. So yeah, I see Charlie. Charlie, um, do you want to go ahead and unmute? What do you want to do when you grow up? I want to be, be an astronaut when I grow up. Dude, that's amazing. Charlie and I were talking about that last week. The guy wants to be an astronaut. He's got vision. Yeah, is that, uh, is that, is that Beck? Zoe. Oh, that's Zoe, sorry. I couldn't, I'm yeah. sorry. I have a Christmas shirt because it's Christmas. What do you want to be when you grow up? I do you like your Christmas I shirt. I want to be, I want to be, um, 
I'm a pastor. I'm gonna be a pastor. Fantastic. <laughs> you know what? You'll have to look around for a role model who's who's quality. Hmm. I'll think with you about that. I'll see if we can come. Oh, did you have an idea of someone who's a good role model already? So, yeah, mm -hmm. I bet you do. Yeah, um, I see. One of the Nespers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jump in. Yeah, tell me. What do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to be when you grow up? Um, I want to be a teacher. A teacher. I want to be a herpetologist. Uh, a, a what? That's that's visionary. Thank you. Could you write that in the chat for us? A herpetologist, somebody who studies snakes. Great. I think your internet's a little bit jiggly, but put that in the chat. I think we need to see that word. That would be great. And anyone else actually can put things in the chat as well. Uh, Oceana, do you want to tell us what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a gardener and a judge and a janitor. And why is that? Why do you want to do all that? Because my mom told me I could have more than one job. I like that. Okay, that works for me. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah you can have more than one job for sure. Um, is there someone else that I'm missing? Is is Beck going to come and share, Brenna? No, we just got one over there. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, Kai. I see you, Kai. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I want to be a construction worker. Construction worker? Oh my goodness. Do you like construction, Kai? What's your favorite construction vehicle? Um, excavators, dump trucks, and then they put it in the dump truck. Yeah. See, Kai's already working towards that vision, right? This is this whole idea of do justice now, right? See the vision, do justice, work towards it. Thank you, Kai. Um, yeah, I see uh, Holden, Holden Martinek Williams. Yes, sir. What do you want to be when you grow up? What I want to be, the, what I want to be is when I grow up as a firefighter. Really? Why, why do you want to be a firefighter? Because. Because why? So you can put out fires. That's fantastic. That's the best reason to be a firefighter. I know a lot of firefighters who like, that's what they do. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, uh, Hazel Owens. I didn't realize you had words. Hmm. I always have words, Bill. I always have words. Oh, I know. <laughs> what, do you what do you want to be when you grow up? Well, I want to be a zoologist and work at the Columbus Zoo in Ohio. Really? Why do you want to do that? Because of my favorite show on Disney Plus, Secrets of the Zoo. That is fantastic. I love that. Yeah, so is that an Ishimoto over there? Emma, what, what, what do you want to do when you grow up? Lawyer. I'm sorry, what, what did you want to do? I want to be a lawyer. Oh, why? Why do you want to be a lawyer? Aren't they boring? I like arguing with people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rebecca Martinek-Williams, did you hear that? So Emma, Rebecca Martinek-Williams is a lawyer <laughs> and she's really good at arguing with people. She's on our board and trust me, she's excellent. 
Uh, oh, this hot uh, uh, Ford. Were you going to say something? Go ahead. Yeah, tell us what you want to be. Hold on. Go ahead. Yeah. I want to be a superhero when I grow up. Ah, Ford, I love that. I love that. Thank you guys for sharing a little bit of your vision here. It's actually super helpful to remember like each and each of us older folks here, we had some visions too. Do you remember that? Do you remember what you wanted to be when you were a kid? It actually helped us get through school. For some of us, it really helped us get through some hard families, right? We, we realized, you know, I wanna, I wanna help someone like a firefighter. I wanna build something like a construction worker instead of tearing things down, right? I wanna be a superhero because they make a difference in the world. I wanna be a zoologist and care for kids or I mean, care for, for animals, care for creation. You know, if you listen carefully underneath each of what these kids were sharing is, you hear their hearts, you hear their hopes. You really hear an echo of what Micah is talking about with this vision where, where the world is flourishing where justice is being done. It's super hopeful. Maybe we need to keep looking to children to help us lead the way. It would not be unfitting given the kind of Messiah that we have, who was born in a stable, was very small. In fact, it says in Micah 5.2, it's going to be out of Bethlehem, Ephrathah, this little place. Though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come from me one who will be ruler over Israel. This is the kind of Messiah. Little, overlooked, kind of like a kid in a kid's dreams. But this is where hope comes from. And notice, notice what the Messiah is going to do. Remember in the very challenging context that the people were in during Micah's time, he has this vision that the Messiah is going to stand and shepherd his flock. That's what it says in Micah 5.4. He's going to stand and shepherd. He's going to care for people in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they will live securely. Because there's a vision for beyond COVID, beyond a pandemic. There's a vision for, for, for people of different racial backgrounds to live together in justice because there's equity. There's a vision for, for everyone sitting under their own fig tree with their own grapevine that we'd all be cared for. And that, that Jesus, the Messiah, this is why he came, to bring that security, to shepherd, to love.
and I've been in touch with a lot of you guys over the last week and heard a lot of stories. There's, there's been a lot of joy. There's been a lot of sadness and a lot of loneliness. And we can acknowledge both. And this is why we need the shepherd. Because it's going gonna, it's gonna to get bumpy on the way to our vision. It's, it's not an easy thing for these kids to grow up. For them to find their way and find their calling. And if you listen to the last little piece of Micah 5, the, the scripture that Janelle read for us, listen to how awkward this is. Listen to this. And he will be our peace when the Assyrians invade our land and march through our fortresses. You do not want the enemy invading your land and marching through your fortresses. That means your fortresses have been broken into. That the pandemic has affected your job, your family, your health. That means that the racial justice that, that you see out there in the world is actually this is the one who will come as our Messiah to carry us through, to actually be our peace in this. That's what makes hope sticky. See the future, to, to see it the way the kingdom's supposed to be and to recognize our role in that, to do justice, to love mercy, to walk humbly with God. This is the vision. This is where we're going. This is our, this is our role to participate in it. But my God, have mercy on us that we might feel close to a savior, a Messiah who will shepherd us, who will help us hold on to that vision, who will be our peace when we feel invaded. I want to pause and, and uh, share the mic with, uh, with Janelle again, Janelle who read scripture for us. Uh, Janelle, would you be willing to un unmute there for a second? Thanks. Um, and Janelle, uh, it's a simple story, but it's hers and it's ours. I want to hear what hope looks like and, and catch a vision for a different sort of future and what it looks like to work towards it. So Janelle, tell us a little bit about yourself. How long have you been around the city church? Maybe why you showed up? Yeah, um, I've been coming to city church for maybe two to three months. So it came during the pandemic. Oh. Um, wanted to just find a place to grow and um, be supported in my values for justice and also find other um, LGBTQ plus affirming believers. Okay, well, thanks for being with us. And, you know, it's especially hard for folks like you, Janelle, who you've, I mean, you've hardly met anyone physically, you know, besides that one, we had that new person lunch and you showed up and you met a couple of folks in a socially distanced way, but you've never hugged anyone from City Church. <laughs> 
But welcome. So glad you're here. Uh, tell us a little bit of your story, or what, what it is you're passionate about, what you have vision for, uh, what it looks like to work towards that. Yeah. Um, something that I'm really passionate about is um, seeking justice for the Philippines, um, both for the Filipino community here in America, but also um, in the Philippines. And um, I'm currently just working with uh, organization called Malaya Movement. Um, Malaya in Tagalog means free. And um, we're a US-based organization that's just really fighting for freedom and democracy in the Philippines. That's amazing. Um, so you're fighting for democracy because technically there is democracy in the Philippines, is that right? Yeah, but um, there, yeah, just, most recently and also like historically there's um yeah for anyone who wants to speak up against um what's happening or critiquing the government um there's been a lot of repression for the press and also for a lot of activists so it's um pretty dangerous for people to really say what's on their mind and there have been so many murders uh recently right that that's one of the things that's really matters to you to see all those human rights violations. Uh, tell us a little bit why, why this matters to you and tell us, does it integrate with your faith or how does that work? So tell us a little bit why it matters to you. And then secondly, tell us a little bit about how it might integrate with your faith. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I was, or yeah, I'm Filipino. So it, it's of course um, my culture and, and my people, but um, really, uh, a lot deeper than that and being able to um, really identify with the people in the Philippines. Um, and uh, I guess God has really broken my heart um, for the Philippines over the past years and really um, helped me to be able to understand the concept of Kapwa, um, which in Tagalog means uh, my people or people of a shared identity and to really um, identify with uh, the struggles that people face um, in the Philippines. And uh, yeah, oftentimes it's really hard to, uh, I guess, have hope in seeing worsening conditions with um, the pandemic and even the recent typhoon that was very badly mishandled. Um, but God continues to um, show his promise or just to remind me of his promise of healing and um, redemption in the Philippines and that I'm also invited into that to be a part of that and um, to take action in the ways that I can. That's just so beautiful. You know, and, and if you if you meet with Janelle, I had a socially distanced coffee with her, I don't know, maybe a month ago and um, you know, she's She's not going to talk over you. She's a gentle soul. You can hear it in her voice. But do you see how she has this vision for nations being places of flourishing where the weapons of war instead are turned to tools to to take care of the earth instead of to hurt it? And she's willing to do justice and love mercy and walk humbly with her God on the way there. And she has this Messiah that holds on to her because these are hard times in the Philippines. 
important for the for her community. Um, there are a couple of links. Um, I don't, are they? Did you stick those in, Kevin? I didn't see. There are a couple of links. There you go. Um, Janelle shared with us about uh, if you'd like to sign a petition, our local representative Lowenthal, uh, you can do that. Uh, and there's also International Human Rights Days coming up, and uh, they're hosting uh, an event. You can check that out there. There's a flyer. Uh, if you'd like to participate, um, and maybe you can just listen in to Janelle as she shares a little bit about what she wants to be when she grows up. She wants to be a peacemaker. And she's working towards that. Maybe you can think a little bit about you. This is what hope looks like. Uh, Mother Teresa said, there are no great deeds, only small deeds done with great love. And this is what we do now. This is what Janelle's doing. And this is what, uh, this is what I see each of us doing in our own little ways as we journey towards hope.